The 4th of July weekend will be busy on the road, and ARUP wants to be ahead of the game. Hans and Scotty G will be at ARUP and Sandy on Thursday, broadcasting live from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. ARUP is open from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and we'd love to see you there. Visit utahblood.org for all the details. All right, PK, I got a question up on our Facebook page all about uh, Caleb Lohner. New BYU basketball signee, Wasatch Academy guy, originally was signed to play at the U, but now he's playing at the Y, which means he had to cut his hair. And you got the before and after pictures up. And I got to say, I heard about this. So did you. We've probably both talked to people. And I thought when he got his hair cut, it was going to be cut a lot shorter than that. That was a little trim right there. That suggests there was some level of negotiation going on. I thought that was non-negotiable. Well, it's... June here. He's not enrolled in school yet, is he? Ah, aha. Yak just, what was that, Yak? You, you're like your number one? You just point. <laughs> point taken. Point taken. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Richard says he probably should have gone to a school where they don't feel need to control the length of one's hair. Well, apparently they feel that need at BYU, huh? Yeah, apparently they do. Left over from 50 years ago, from what I understand, about Vietnam War protesters and that how, was, how you distinguished yourself as against or for the war, which was highly politicized at the time. Dave says, well, can't he do the man bun? It's a rule on man buns, Yock. We've seen some guys get away with it, so I think it really depends on the level of player and their, I guess, fame in the community. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, so justice isn't provided equally? PK, you've told us stories about certain football players who had to go shave literally minutes before a football game kicked off. Well, I have, but that's not, uh, they were allowed. That's the whole point. They weren't allowed. One set of rules that fits all. The rule is I mean, it cannot touch on. your ear or your color. So if you can keep it off oh, both yeah? of those places, I think you're okay. It's definitely touching his ear. It's covering yeah, his right ear. Yeah, right now, yeah. So I could be six seven, and as long as I have it uh, straight up, I can actually be seven two. Correct. Sure, we'll go with that. With the man bun, I'm not a big man bun guy myself. I, I say keep it like it is. I thought that uh, you know he looked like one of those uh, actors playing some movie role in the when they go way back in the time machine. You know, just put a robe on him. <laughs> an English judge. <laughs> Yeah, he's an English judge in the 1700s. <laughs> yeah, I thought that that, that that do was so different than anything that I've seen that I thought that, yeah, I thought he was doing some movie role and it actually is a wig. Well, it really yeah. is one of a kind, especially the original. I'm trying to think of anybody I saw with hair like that. I don't think so. I think it's one of a kind. That's what I just said. Yeah. And Can't so, come up with anybody. I think if you can distinguish a hairstyle that nobody else matches, you should be good to go. I think that the bigger issue here at BYU needs to figure out a way to to modify the honor code. And to say they're going to get rid of it is just a waste of time. And anybody on our staff who says they should get rid of it, I'm going to kick them in the groin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe the hair could touch the ears, and that wouldn't be the worst thing ever. Uh, let it go a little bit, man. I've I, I read some stuff that uh, that the missionaries, they don't have to wear the white shirts and ties all the time. Correct. They could have some have some Hawaiian shirts. and uh, okay. Hawaiian some... shirts a little farther, PK. 
What's wrong with a good Hawaiian shirt? I'm, I'm, hey. I, I'm in full agreement on a good Hawaiian it shirt. It brings joy to the world. Isn't that part of it? They're allowing blue dress shirts. Just, in some cases, no ties. Just don't allow red. I mean, that, yeah, that's... Obviously. Can't, can't have that. So, so, yeah. Well, let's go a little bit. Come on. What difference does it make? The thing that I, I always enjoy is they bring all these players back for the NFL Pro Day, and every single one of them's got a beard. <laughs> <laughs> every one of them. 100%. Because they've been so restricted, and they want to have their, their freedom. And then they a lot of them, they keep them, too, in their 20s. The time is to do that in your 20s. I just saw Tanner Mangum the other day. He's got one. I mean, there's not a better kid out there than Tanner Mangum. I mean, everybody knows that. The kid is an A1, top-notch kid. And uh, so he's looking, he looks just fine. So let him have it. Come on, man. I say, and I read something on Facebook. They're going to be rallying down in Provo today to have a protest. I think they should protest this. Uh, free loner. Loner's locks. That's what they should do. That's what I think Donovan Mitchell should wear that on the back of his jersey. No. Free loner's locks. What do you think? No. No. Why not? Not seeing it. Not seeing it. That would be a national issue, man. People would say, what is that about? If you have no justice, no peace, no one's going to interview you on that. Right? I mean, come on. You want to stand out. Isn't that what the whole Kaepernick thing was in the first place? Be different? Here's a free loner's locks. Or how about keep loner's locks? Keep loner's locks. Come on, BYU people. Join me in the chant. Keep loner's locks. Keep loner's locks. They're going the other way. Jason Post, someone should tell him those locks aren't impressive. They are impressive. How could you disagree with that? That was Jason. Jason, you are El Rongarino. Ryan says, I don't care what you look like. And how long your hair is, as long as you can play the game. Just win. Just win, baby. He's going Al Davis on us. That's why BYU's fan base is no different than any other fan base. Just win. Ryan, right there. Uh, Gwen says, why does the hair matter, as long as it's neat and clean? I am so excited for this year, though. Again, that's another version of just win, baby. Why does the hair matter as as long as it's neat and clean? That's yes. what Gwen says. Yes. If you shampoo it once a day, you should be good to go. <laughs> you can do a shampoo ad for us now. <laughs> well, come on. In order to be clean, you got to shampoo it, right? If Caleb cared, he would have gone to a school that doesn't hold individual expression against you. Well, what do you mean if he cared? About getting his hair cut. I'm sure he cares. Who doesn't care about getting their hair cut? Everybody cares, right? Yep. Now, you may care. It means you want it longer, you want it shorter, you want it this, you want it that, but you still care. He cares? Yes, he does. He's a very caring individual. Ron. Ron's all law and order. Of course he should get his hair cut. Rules Rules are rules. And it looks like he's in for another haircut pretty soon. 
Rules are rules. Yes. Oh, come on. Rules but are rules. We can change rules. We can modify. We can amend rules. There's all sorts of stuff we can do with the rules. And why does there have to be such a rule in the first place? Why does it have to be so rigid? Power and control. Oh, they want power and control over the young people? Yes. Young people, stand up for yourselves. Come on, man. Now's the time. (laughs) David posted this. He says, there's no way you should get his haircut. What you should do is you should get some hairspray, and then he could be in an 80s big hair band. Well. Rat. (laughs) Your favorite. 80s big hair band. I don't have any. Oh, come on. You got to have something. I don't. I don't judge my musical uh, tastes and whatnot on their hair. It simply don't matter. Let the kid have his hair. Loosen up a little bit. Come on. Cinderella. And loner at the Marriott Center Friday. <laughs> Get some 80s big hair bands out there. Who else was a big hair band? I don't know. I didn't pay attention was to that. Was White Snake one of the big ones? White Snake. <laughs> Couldn't help you. Don't pay, pay attention to any of that stuff. Not interested in their hair. Interested in their music. Not interested in their politics. Interested in their music. That's what I do when it comes to bands. How do you sound? That's what I care about. Kevin analyzed the photo and said not much of an improvement. Got a thumbs up for that, too. Just a little trim so far. Is it an improvement enough? I think it is. Uh, I assume Yach's right on the rules. Can't touch your collar. I don't think it's going to touch his collar. I think the trim took care of that. If he ties it up, it'll be over, uh, above his ears. I think he should be okay. Well, people wear saggy up, pants. Like a, Why not wear saggy collars? Yeah, a little ponytail. Man, a little man, man bun deal. Yeah. I have a friend who actually, he, remember the old show, The Dating Game? Yeah. He's a few, few years yeah. older than me. Well, he was on The Dating Game. And he had these huge curly locks, just like this loner kid, and it's blonde. And it was down well past his uh, collar. And so he went on the dating game like that. And he won. He was bachelor number three. And he got picked. Bachelor number three won. And so he got a date to San Diego. But you know what's interesting? Is he never took the date. It never materialized. It it never went. It never happened. And he had this Big, long, curly locks. Big time locks. And now, he's uh, well in his 60s. He ain't got one little particle of hair. Not one. Totally bald. Really? All the way down to the scalp? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, you got to enjoy it while you got it. (laughs) And, And it's really bizarre to me to see that. Because I could grow my hair if I chose, and it would not look much different from when I was 17 years old. And he has zero hair. He couldn't grow a little thing of hair if his life depended on it. This must happen, PK. We need (laughs) you to grow it back out.
Uh, now I'm on TV. You got you got to get your haircut so that they know that you didn't get a haircut. Oh, a, a TV savant once told me that. I've heard the same advice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> like when I, I had quarantine hair, it was all anybody wanted to talk about. It was so annoying. That's it. That's all anybody. We're going through the yep. quarantine, a once in a lifetime deal yep. for us, and that's all people wanted to talk about. Nobody wanted. You to talk are about our health. so narcissistic. All they wanted to do is talk about your hair. That's it. That was the only discussion point in their lives. Well, to me. No, in their lives, they don't know. But every time they talk to me, hey, your hair. Oh, shut up. I don't want to hear But that. that's all. And so then there was no discussion because you told them to shut up. So then you didn't talk to a lot of people for very long because you just said shut up, which meant that the discussion was very brief. And then there was nothing else that you could talk about because and, you just said that's all they wanted to talk about. That's preposterous. Right and I will not accept that theory at all. Well, then we'll go to break. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Dave Rose is coming up next. Stay with us. Ow! Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz will play the New Orleans Pelicans 4.30 on July 30th. It's the first game to begin the NBA restart in Orlando, Florida. Jazz are going to get mostly late morning and early afternoon games. Oklahoma City's a 1.30 tip-off. Grizzlies at 12.30. Spurs at 11 a.m. Denver at 1.30 and Dallas at 1. Only one primetime game. That'll be the Lakers, August 3rd at 7 o'clock. Utah Jazz Center, Rudy Gobert still has trouble smelling after testing positive for the coronavirus in March. He told a French newspaper his uh, sense of taste has returned, but the smell, he says, I can smell smells, but not from afar. He spoke to specialists who told him it could take up to a year to return to normal. That's your back-to-basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The head coach of BYU's men's basketball team, Mark Pope, you've cast a large net. And is that a philosophy of yours going forward that, hey, look, you know what? We're not going to leave any stone unturned. If a guy's hitting the portal, we want to talk to him. You know, we talk about transfers, and it's their last chance, right? And so you have to get it right. And certainly for us, you know, every recruiting decision, is it has to be right. And so sometimes we don't find out until almost decision day if if it's a good fit or not. It's hard to find the right fit, and there's no shortcuts to do it. We're really excited with the progress we've made on our roster. We think we've identified some guys and managed to build relationships with the right guys that can help us continue to grow the program. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK is brought to you in part by Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Dave Rose coming up in a few minutes. Steve Cleveland at the top of the hour. PK, a lot of BYU basketball here in the middle of the summer, but Caleb Lohner is a story. And then on top of that... It's just, you know, they were they were down for a while, missing the tournament. They were ready to go this year. Obviously, they were going to have a good seed. We don't know how it would have gone. But it seems like the enthusiasm, even from a senior-laden team, has carried over. 
I don't know if it's misplaced enthusiasm, but the enthusiasm is real. You can see it in the in the comments on the loner stuff. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, Mark Pope, he was their guy. He was the guy that they targeted. He was the they they talked to other people, but they wanted Pope all along, and for good reason. And he and his staff have come into the basketball program. They did a great job last year, and uh, they got an assembling of talent that looks like they can be pretty good this next season. And Gonzaga is still the beast, but yeah, absolutely. And they got a great fan base. They're always ready to just explode. You know, any any time they can put that fan base up there with anybody's in the country. I mean, I literally mean anybody in the country, as far as that goes. So, and they got some talent here. We'll see how it all plays out. It's very intriguing uh, because I, I like uh, what they're doing as far as the transfers, getting folks, getting these uh, non-LDS transfers where you know they don't have to be there for four or five years and they've got the maturity uh, being around the block a little bit so to speak so whatever rules they've got to adhere to they could do it for a short period of time because they know it'll benefit them so absolutely and you know this loner kid looks like he's a player he's going to be a lightning rod uh, I, I to a degree because there's not very many people who go from Utah to BYU or vice versa. There's been a few, but not to where you commit and then never play a game. You want out before the first day of the school, first day of practice. That's that's unheard of. I can't think of anybody who's done that. Maybe there's somebody. Nothing comes to mind. Now it's easier to do because they're not in the same league and conference anymore and not playing each other twice and not vying for the same a goal to win the conference and get the best conference seed you can have going into the tournament, that's out the window. You're only playing each other once, and really it's not going not gonna to have a whole lot of effect on you know, whether you win or lose that game to get you in the NCAA tournament, obviously. Time to welcome in Dave Rose, the retired BYU basketball coach, joins us now on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Dave, good morning. Good morning, guys. How we doing? Good. So I'm I'm curious before we get to all the basketball. Did did you retire at exactly the right time or exactly the wrong time? Because I know travel was a big part of the equation. You you were talking about your wife and all the trips she had planned, and obviously that's all come to a halt. So I guess it's the wrong time to be retired. But you know, with all the stuff going on, it's also the right time to be retired. So how do you look at that now? Yeah, well, I, I think the uh, you know the actual mental stress of it is probably it's the right time, but um, the physical activity of our plans and things we wanted to do probably the wrong time. But uh, I, I really it, it's hard for me to kind of get a grip on uh, what the, what the, the coaching coaches and their staffs are actually you know trying to plan for and trying to motivate their kids for i mean it's all it's already tough enough it's a you know they're they're pretty hard jobs but now we're you know we're in an an era where uh we're trying to put all this together and put travel plans together and 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 schedule for conference games pre you know preseason games and not really knowing if any of it's going to happen and uh and still motivating your players to get them to, to, to get going every week, every day. So that there, there's some real uh, mental stress issues I'm sure that all the coaches are going through. What was your initial reaction when you heard this loner kid wanted to leave Utah and come to BYU? 
Um, I, I was surprised. Um, I think like everybody else, I think, you know, when Caleb made his commitment, he, he sounded like, uh, you know, he was really uh, confident in what he wanted to do. And, and, uh, and then over the course of um, the high school season and, and playing uh, um, for a year at Wasatch and living, you know, in Utah, his parents have moved here to, to Utah County. His grandparents live here in town. And, um, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, he, uh, he kind of had a change of heart and, uh, you know, those are, those are such tough things uh, as a coach. I mean, that, that's the, that's the stuff that, you know, I don't, <clears throat> I don't miss at all is when you try to, you know, you get something done and you know, you've got it and you count on it. And then you, you tell other guys that, Hey, you know, you're no longer on our list. And, uh, and then they change their minds. And put you in a position to where you're behind. You're eight months, nine months behind the eight ball, trying to figure out how you're going to finish out your roster. Those those are hard things, and um, I feel for for Larry and his staff. But again, then excited for for Mark and his staff because they got a good player. That's for sure. Well, that's what I wanted to get to because obviously this whole discussion it's all predicated on the fact that he's going to come in and be really good. Does he have the game to come in and be really good right away? Is this going to be a process? Is there a you know, a potential hole in his game that he could really never reach that heights? Because we see that happen with recruits sometimes, too. How, how much of a lock is he to be a very good player? Well, you know, I think that uh, the potential is, is five-star. I mean, he's really got potential. You know, what, what he actually does with it, cause, and, and the reason is because of – his size. I mean, he's he's ready built. You don't have to predict anything as far as is he, he needs to gain some weight or he needs to get you know get, get a little bit taller. I mean, this kid is is put together really well. I, I recruited this kid since he was in eighth grade, and and uh, yeah, I was you know we were the first guys to offer him a scholarship, and and uh, you know I remember that you know the day that 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 happened, and I I told him straight up. I said, Caleb, listen, when everybody else comes in, you need to remember that. You know, BYU is the first guy that 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 came through here, and and uh, thought that you were you know a college guy, and then a year later it it, it kind of blew up. But uh, I think that position will be the issue. He 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 wants to be a three, and that's what kind of why he moved from from Texas out here. And then what happened with his high school team at Wasatch Academy? You know, Matty Sissoko got hurt, uh, had his hand, you know, all messed up, and so he didn't get to play early in the season. So Caleb moved to the five and had a, a, a great season playing that position, and really was a matchup problem for any center in high school. Um, but uh, I think on, at the college level, at the professional level, he wants to play uh on the wing and that will be the issue you know what what is he is he a five four three and uh and how quickly he can develop that and then what does mark really need for from him uh mark's got i think pretty good um uh inside players and, and guys that are ready to, to, to step right in and play there uh maybe there's a little more time uh on the floor on the wing or somewhere so we'll, we'll see but i i think potentially uh, there's no question the kid's got a ton of potential. I wanted to talk to you, Dave, about the issue of kids getting out of their letter of intent. You know, kids transfer like crazy now. You and I have been in your office when you talk about it and kids come in and, and you know, you want to have the year-end evaluation and if you don't tell them they're going to be a star, they take off and 
that's well documented. But they've been in the program. I, I got to admit, the things that you just said about somebody that you've been recruiting and then you get a commitment and then you tell other kids that you stop committing or you're going to stop recruiting because you got the commitment from another player. Nothing against this kid as an individual, but in my mind, as a kid who makes a commitment and it doesn't even go to the school and ask for a release and credit Utah for giving it to him, I've got a little bit of a problem with that because he never experienced the school in the first place, but yet he wants out, and that has such a domino effect. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's it's, it's tough. I mean, because, you know, for, for me, I was always of, of, you know, I just felt like if you made a commitment, you kept your commitment. When you got to the, when you got to the school, like you said, uh, PK, that, and then, then different issues came up, and then you decided that maybe it wasn't for you. Um, that was a different situation. I, I really believe that somehow in this process, the coach in this position becomes the the bad guy or the good guy or the wrong guy when really it, the, the player's controlling the whole situation. And, and uh, you know, for me personally and the way I was, you know, brought up and the way I coached for 36 years, I think that – you know, when you make a commitment that you, you really, uh, the kid needs to honor that commitment and, uh, and not, and, and the coach shouldn't be able to have the power to let him off or not let him off. It's just, it just happens. And then they know that it happens. And then that's the result of you make a decision to change that without actually attending the school. Then there's no other way around it. And people will look and say, Oh, well, this is America. Kids should be able to make choices. Coaches leave and kill coaches go. But in this situation, uh, you, you're putting you know eight, nine, ten months of work together to put a roster and a team together, and there's some things that you have to be able to count on uh, as a coach, and that's my opinion. Is any of this going to change, though? No, 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 no. Kids, kids are going to get way more control, and and then I think that in the future you're going to see all of them get one uh, get out of jail card free. You know, and they're going to get to, to transfer one time and be able to play. And uh, I don't know if that will be next year, but uh, we thought the vote was going to be this year, and then it all kind of went south, and we never even uh, never even had the vote. And uh, so the kids all have to go now individually appeal for each individual transfer eligibility. But I think in the, in the coming years, you're going to see the fact that. Uh, but but you know what I I don't I, I do think that if they do this that they've got to be able to control it somehow and at least make the kid go to school there. I mean and then and then be able to make a decision that if you want to leave you can leave and then play automatically you know immediately. But uh, this makes it really really hard on coaches that's for sure. Yeah, that was my whole point is that you never even went there to see if you didn't like it. At least go. You made this commitment, and then you you, you renege on it. Uh, how surprised were you, or what was your reaction that Utah let him go without any restrictions? Well, in in, in today's world, not so much. I, I think that uh, the coach, you know, coaches when they hold those letters and when they hold, don't don't release kids that they take so much uh, heat from so many different ways, and um, I think sometimes you just you realize that hey, this is what it is, and you're not going to get the kid. And why punish the kid, and and then take all the the heat from you know all the all the, all the different you know people are going to come after you. And and 
you know, I'm talking about not, you know, not just, you know, from local people and from fans. I'm talking from, you know, national media and, and, uh, I think everybody has, has got an opinion and an opportunity to express their opinion nowadays. And, uh, I think that changes the, you know, the, the, the actual feel of what you do as a coach in certain situations like this. And that's, that's probably the hardest thing is that you know what you want to do and you know what you think in your heart is the right thing to do. And sometimes you do what you need to do. So this won't be without fallout for the player either. You know that, uh, that, you know, there, there's hecklers everywhere and people are going to say stuff. And how much does that get into kids head? Cause I think you've had to deal with that where players, you know, ha- had a bit of a bullseye on them when they went into opposing arenas. Yeah, we we've been on both ends of it, and uh, I think that it it uh, it's a real opportunity for kids to just become a lot tougher, quicker, because uh, it happens immediately. I mean, the first first uh, time that he goes into a gym that people know his background, it's it's going to be an issue, even if it's not in in Utah. You know, I remember when we got Trent Whiting uh, from Utah years and years ago, and uh, and immediately, you know, it, we got him. We uh, at, at Christmas time, he got him eligible, and uh, you know, he played the, the second half of the season for us. And but, but he was a you know a seasoned guy by that time. It was a, he was a senior and had been through junior college and you know a, a year of, of Division One ball, and uh, so he expected it, knew it was coming. For these young, for these younger players, I, I think that uh, it'll be a real awakening, a real. Uh, eye opener when he realizes that the the fan base uh, are not only cheering for their team but they're attacking him individually and uh, and, and and again you got to look at it in a positive way in, in, in a way that you know just make you tougher a lot quicker because that's going to happen especially if you become a really good player like everyone thinks he's going to become and and you know I, I think that uh, and you, you've got to there's so many angles that are involved in this you know you you look at um, you know, the decision for him to not want to go to Utah and, and you know, where is he going to go and who's involved and how does that happen? And, you know, uh, I, I, I really believe there's so much uh, involved. As a coach, you know exactly what had to happen to make all of that work. And uh, a lot of people that are really happy right now and a lot of people that uh, aren't that happy and we'll have to see how it plays out for Caleb. How about the glorious hair, though? Can he keep it? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be surprised if, if it doesn't. Uh, I, I saw on social media where he's actually made an attempt to, to shorten it a little bit, but uh, I, I still think he's got a ways to go. But uh, he he, uh, he is such a good kid. You know, it's it's going to be it's, it's going to be sad to, to see all the things negative things that are said about him because. Uh, you know, I I was on that trail for three years and spent so much time on the phone and in the gym. And uh, you know, we had him on an official visit early in his junior year and got a chance to really know the kid. And and he's, I mean, he he just is. He's a fun guy to be around. He's a he's a happy kid and he loves the game. He loves life. Um, and uh, he's gonna get he's gonna get a start to this. That's probably a a little more of an eye opener than uh, it would have been if, if, uh, if his decision would have been a little bit different. 
So does he have the attitude to let all this bounce off of him? Because, you know, a lot of West Coast Conference arenas, they don't compare to anything like what you were facing in the Mountain West. You know, Wyoming and New Mexico are are different than Loyola and USD. That's obvious. And yet it still just takes a couple of voices. One or two voices can get in your head. Is he really built as a freshman to handle this? Well, I I think that he he is built to let stuff just – run right off his back i mean he he is not a guy that uh uh you know is a real heavy deep thinker and tries to fix problems you know every time they come around he's a guy that just lives live and let live you know i mean he's he's uh uh and and that and that part of his personality will really help him through this process and uh he reminds me a lot of uh sunshine and and uh you know remember the or, the Titans was that the show when the big fella, yeah. big lefty came in and and uh, everybody was giving him heck and he just took it and ended up being the best player on on the team at the at the end to win the state championship and I'm sure that's what this kid's hoping to have happen. So I saw a picture on social media, Dave. What happens or what is the discussion when Dave Rose, Dave Rice, and Tim Lacombe get together all these years later? Yeah, it's uh. We've had a fun weekend, you know. Dave and uh, uh, and his beautiful bride Mindy and uh, their second boy Dylan uh, are here. Uh, he's trying to figure out how to work remotely from home, and he's bored to death. And so uh, he came out, and we've spent the, the weekend together. And so we've uh, and, and if you know Dave, I mean Dave. Dave is just. He's like a history book. I mean, he he remembers dates and numbers and, you know, games. And, I mean, so we've gone through just uh, an unbelievable amount of uh, big games. You know, I've had some former players that have come over and the minute he sees them, he says, hey, remember that shot you hit against TCU? (laughs) And so uh, uh, we've had a lot of reminiscing and good times. And, uh, you know, he's in the middle of uh, trying to figure out you know what? What their team's going to do there at Washington? They're all supposed to come back July 13th, and then they got a quarantine for seven days, and then they can you know be able to work out starting July 20th. And so uh, a lot of uh, a lot of stories have been told, and you know I, I think the stories get better, and it's only been a few years. So I can't wait to get together ten years from now. We wouldn't have lost the game, and we probably won the national championship by then. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, uh, in all seriousness, I, I talked to uh, an administrator at a, not at BYU at a different school, and they were talking about you know issues with football and how to restart it, and, and crowds if they do that, if there are games in the crowds. And I said, what about you know football's an outdoor sport, and everything we hear is that indoors way more dangerous than outdoor. What about basketball? And he goes. Nobody's even thinking about basketball right now. That is so far away. That is several lifetimes away. When you talk to people like Dave Rice, is that I mean he's a basketball coach, not an administrator, worried about multiple sports. But is that really true? Has anybody figured out anything for basketball this coming season? Well, I, I can I can tell you my opinion, all right. And I've talked to quite a few people about other things, you know, about media, you know, opportunities and those kind of things. And just me personally, and I love the game. I mean, I think that it's it's. And I, I love sports. I, I mean, I, I just can't believe how, how much I miss sports and how much life seems to be different without it. But uh, I'm nervous. I'm, I, I, I'm really nervous about 
But we'll find out here this week about this NBA bubble. I think that's uh, everyone's really excited about it. We're all excited about it. We want it to happen so bad, but we got to figure out a way to live with this thing, this this COVID. I mean, this coronavirus is is everyone's got a different opinion about it. But the one thing we should all agree on is it's not just going to go away. And it has killed a lot of people around the world. And uh, we're talking about close to half a million. I mean, and, and we, we've got to figure out how to live with it and still be able to, to do the things that we like to do. And that's where we are right now with Major League Baseball. Can Major League Baseball actually play during a pandemic? Can the NBA actually finish their season during a pandemic? Can we actually start up? you know, NCAA football during the pandemic, or are we actually going to have to wait until the pandemic ends until we can crank it all back up again? And that I don't know, but that's what I'm really nervous about. Well, Dave, we'll leave it right there. Thanks for hitting a lot of topics from uh, from hair care to shutting down sports <laughs> or restarting. Man, you covered yeah. a lot of ground. Good work. All right, boys. Thanks. Thanks for your time today. All right. Thanks for coming on, Dave. Okay, we'll see you. All right. There's Dave Rose, the former BYU basketball coach, now in retirement. And, uh, man, PK, you can just hear it in his voice. You know, he and Larry, I mean, it's, you know, well cataloged. We don't have to go over all the stuff about not playing on that. But, you know, having guys transfer when you're counting on him, man, when he was talking about what the Utahs, what, what Larry must be going through, because he went through it, you know, different players and different situations, but still – uh, you you could hear the pain, and he doesn't think it's going anywhere. There's going to be more of this, not less. I think there'll be more transfers, yeah, but I don't know about where the incoming freshman who doesn't even spend a day there and then wants out. That's where it gets a little tricky. I'm total for the agreement of letting the, the freedom of letting the kids go after they've been to the school, and then they see. But this is a unique circumstance. And I don't begrudge the kid whatsoever. He's taking advantage of rules that allow him to do it, so be it. Uh, but, yeah, I really feel bad for Larry in this situation. I hope they find a way to be competitive if we have a season. Hopefully we do, because I think that his program got screwed and it's not like he did anything wrong. You can argue the other stuff. Well, he, you know, they didn't like playing for him or mm-hmm. what have you. Right. But this kid wasn't in the program. <laughs> I know. Yet. So how do you say that? He wasn't even on campus. Right. Yeah. So, but see, it's one thing for you or I to feel that. It's another thing for Dave Rose. You would think that might be a guy who would be hardest, but he clearly does feel that. I mean, just. Just listen to him talk about it. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and he might not be the first guy you would think would be feeling sympathy for Larry, but he he clearly did. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Really? 
slow one more time. Now strokes it and sends it down towards the hole. This is turning, tracking on a good line to the edge and just misses on the right. <laughs> and he, he bends in agony and he is going to walk in and finish. And with that tapping, Dustin Johnson has won the 2020 Travelers Championship. Golf on the radio. You got to love it. That's the Chevy strong play of the game right there. Know it today at 450, and you'll win fabulous prizes on the big show. PK, don't you really miss having guys who sucked on the weekend? This guy sucks. Can't wait to bring that back. Well, the reason why I would miss it is because there would be live sports, and I agree with what Dave Rose just said to me. And I said this last night on television. People are saying, oh, yeah, I can get with uh, get along just fine without it. Well, of course you can. I already knew that. I did not need sports to go away for me to know that it's just that. It's just sports. Now, I realize I have a different opinion on that way, and I view the competition as the fun, not the final outcome, not the wins or losing, winning or losing. And for most fans, your, your team could suck beyond belief. As long as you won, who cares? Well, I get that. You're a fan in that way. I'm a fan of the competition, and we don't have the competition. And I've been all over this golf because it's been competition. Watched it yesterday. Watched the uh, the tournament up there at uh, Oak Ridge. Uh, three out of the four days, uh, I, I didn't get a chance uh, to watch it Saturday because I was playing golf. Got a kid. With somebody who I know and somebody whom I love dearly. Yuck. And wow, that t- that's touching. <laughs> oh, wait, well, was, wait a minute. That no, brings, that brings I think it was my question. wife. Actually, it was my wife. Yak oh. was with us, but it was my wife. I was just the third <laughs> wheel. Well, let, let's get right to it then. In the case of Yak, did this guy suck? Front, well, sometimes. Front nine, yes. Back nine. Back nine, you rallied. Your mental toughness. Well, I went, you, got, you got dialed back in. Yeah, I went from shooting nine over on the front nine to three over on the backs. So. Oh, yeah, you did then. Yeah. Three yes, over for nine. Nice. When I play with people, I, I don't know their score. I can't be worried about their score. I couldn't have told you what Yach shot. There was a couple holes I asked him, oh, was that a birdie? And he said, no, it was a par. Because I don't follow the other guy's shots. Really? I can't, I, I'm not good enough. I, I, I kind of do the same thing, PK. I'm not I can't do it. I've played with you, and... It was, uh, and your wife was there, and the three of us were playing, and I parred the first hole, and as soon as the ball was in the bottom of the cup, that's a par for Sniggledorf. So I just assumed that you kept track every every. Yeah, hole. but that's the first hole. You, there's nothing to add. I'm adding four or five or three shots. That's the most I can I can do that on the first hole. But once no, he was he he made a putt. I thought for sure it was for birdie. And I asked him, "Is your birdie is a par five? He said, "No, I parted." I, I because that was like uh, hole seven, I think it was, or yeah. something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's what he's shooting. Uh, maybe on an individual hole specifically, I can re- recall the score of that hole. Okay, but I, I can't recall the score. What you're? Oh, you're you're. That puts you to six over. Yeah, you're I, not there's doing that. no way I could do that. And some people do that. I don't do that. So I didn't know. I couldn't have told you that he was nine over on the front and three over on the back. I I had no idea until he just said it. And I spent uh, eighteen holes with him on Saturday. Went out went out to Talons Cove. I love Talons Cove. I hope it's okay with the fires. I haven't heard anything. You would probably know that more than I would, Yacht. So far, it's. It's safe. They've actually kept all of the, I guess, quote-unquote, developed areas have been safe from this fire. Over 10,000 acres burned so far, though. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful course. I love going out there. And we went out there Saturday and uh, had a great time. It was calm, no wind, yeah, and it was open. Yeah, going to get to that course, that's for sure. Yeah, and it was beautiful. Yeah, we. Uh, it was a little warm. But you know, I'm coming from Phoenix, so I've got that background in me. It wasn't it wasn't too warm. I drink plenty of water and and play. And I only had one freaking bad hole. One out of eighteen, I had one one bad hole. Number ten, I somehow sucked on my second shot and put it in the junk. And then one, then I don't have the mental uh, toughness to rebound. And so I ended up tripling that hole, and that really... Wait a minute, you're a Jersey guy. you got to have the mental toughness. Ask him about the other 17 holes, though. He played pretty dang good. Uh, yeah, that, that one hole just really, really bugged me, though. <laughs> just, I had... Uh, well, yeah, I played well. I, I think uh, 78, 79? Six over, over, I believe. Yeah. Anything in the 70s, was? you have my full attention. That's what it was. Yeah, okay, six over is what you're saying. I think that's what it was, and three of them came on one freaking hole. That's the thing. You take that hole away, and you're shooting. Yeah. Awesome. All right, when we come back, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joins us next. Stay with us.